What's up, guys? Combat Addict here. Hello, friends. How are you all doing? I'm doing fantastic. I do fantastic things all the time, every day. I wake up in the morning and I shoot glitter out of my eyes. I cry glitter. I'm amazing. I'm fantastic. You're fantastic. The day is fantastic. And I'll tell you why. I will tell you why everything is fantastic today. Because we got some announcements, everybody. We got some announcements. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I was sitting here thinking to myself, what is going to be going down in the MMA world? You know, what am I going to talk about this week? Plenty of stuff to talk about. All kinds of crazy shit going on. But today, today, I learned some things about the UFC. And let me tell you, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple, which by the way, the podcast is now on Spotify and Apple, you can hear me rubbing my hands together because I am so excited. <laughs> oh my God. First, I got the news that at UFC 253, Habib, the Eagle, Nurmagomedov, is taking on Justin, the highlight, Gaethje, which is spelt really weird. His name is spelt really weird. It's spelt G-A-E-T-H-J-E. That's Gaethje, but it's, pr it's pronounced Gaethje. Don't ask me. I don't know where he's from. Apparently, he's half Mexican, but I've never heard of a Mexican name like that in my life. So, whatever. Anyways, they're going to fight in September. UFC 253. And I am so excited. I just cannot hide it. I am so excited for that fight. That is the fight that I want to see more than any other fight right now. Um, there's literally not one other fight that I want to see more. And that says a lot. That says a lot because there are literally so many great fucking fights that are about to be happening in the UFC. And when I say about to be happening, I mean, when is UFC 251? July 11th? UFC 251, next piece of news, everybody, we have, let me, let me just, let me just run up, run up this list here, okay? Let me just run up this list to give you an idea of what we're talking about here, okay? This is the main card. The main card is Amanda Ribas versus Paige Van Zandt. Everybody knows who Paige Van Zant is. That's pretty exciting. Okay, whatever. The second fight on this card is Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas, the rematch. First off, that is extremely exciting. That fight in itself could be a fight night main event, okay? Rose took the title from Ioana. Andrade drops Rose on her head, takes the title from Rose. Andrade loses the title to Wei Lee. Amanda, I mean, uh, sorry, Rose and 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 uh, Jessica now battle it out to see who will be able to challenge for the title again. The story arc is beautiful for that fight. I mean, it's just fucking immaculate, okay? It doesn't even stop there. 
It doesn't even stop there. Okay, next fight. Jose Aldo versus Peter Yan for the vacant bantamweight title. Are you fucking kidding me? You have to be kidding me. First off, I don't think Jose Aldo should have gotten this fight. Uh, I think that it would have made more sense if uh, Marlon got the fight. Uh, uh, or or if we tried to give Al Jermaine the fight. I think that it would have made more sense if one of these guys took the fight over Jose. I think it's kind of bullshit that Jose is getting a title shot after coming off of a loss. Uh, and uh, a loss in a, in a fight that uh, was really I mean, fairly close. I mean, it could have gone to the other guy. So I don't see why everyone feels the need to give Jose this fucking title shot. Maybe it's because he's old. Maybe it's because we're trying to go for pay-per-view buys here. Which, honestly, with this card, that's what it seems like they're doing. Like, honestly, if you don't buy this fucking card, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Because uh, there are so many good fights, it's just in-fucking-sane. Anyways... I guess they're thinking that Jose is going to pull more, he's going to draw more, and so for that reason, Peter Yan, who everybody is fucking hyped for, we just saw him front face kick the fuck out of Uriah Favor, uh, they're going to fight, and that's a that's a big fight. Didn't think he should have gone to Jose, but anyways, moving on, great fight, okay? That is, that is the third fight. Our co-main event is Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. I didn't even know this fight was in the works. They just drop that bomb on us. They just they just load up and and throw that down on the top of our heads. Oh, by the way, Max Holloway is fighting Alexander Volkanovsky again in less than a month. Just so you guys know, or in you know, thirty one days. Just in case you were wondering. And to top it off, we have the Nightmare, the Nigerian Nightmare, taking on Gilbert Burns, who I believe deserves a title shot. Perhaps perhaps a lot of people say that Leon Edwards deserves the title shot more, but I'll tell you right now, I would rather watch Gilbert Burns fight than Kamaru Usman. That is just a fact. And this card, in my opinion, is a card that is going for pay-per-view buys. Be because it is stacked to the brim. I'm talking like this is insane. The the prelim, the prelim main event is Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz. I mean, what the fuck? Like <laughs> Let me put it to you like this. On the main card, every fighter except two fighters is championship tier in the is championship tier i don't think that page van zant uh did page van zant fight for a title i don't think so oh god i should know that in any case she hasn't for a while and uh we're, we're talking about andrage i think her last fight was the loss i don't even think she's fought since she lost to whaley um so we are we are in for a treat folks we are we are truly in for a treat with this one. Um, super excited. Uh, I believe that Kamaru is going to win. I believe that Kamaru is going to win. And um, yeah, I I'm pumped up for that. So just wanted to start this video off with how excited I am. Because when I saw this, guys, I'm not kidding you. This is literally exactly what I did. This is exactly what I did. 
I took my glasses off and I palmed my face. And over and over again, I just went, oh my God. Oh my God. No way. There's no way. There's no fucking way that they did this. There's no way. Dana White's trying to kill me with entertainment. He's trying to end my life. He's trying to he's trying to use this wonderful card to stop my heart because I I I can feel I can feel the adrenaline already. I'm not even watching any of these fights and I can already feel the adrenaline. It's incredible. You guys think about that for one second while I turn off the stove. Stove has been turned off. We're gonna eat later. I can't. I can't. I can't cook now. Got to do. Uh, I got to do the podcast. We got to do the right thing here. Anyways, um, yeah, man, super exciting stuff. Super exciting stuff. Uh, I'm really, really pumped up for that. But let's get down into the to the nitty gritty. Just some things that I spotted this week. Some things that we spotted in the UFC world this week. Uh, we already talked about Cody Garbrandt's performance earlier on the Monday podcast. If you guys didn't know, we got a Monday podcast now where we do the reviews of the main card that happened on Saturdays. Uh, Wednesday is more of a news-oriented podcast, opinion-based podcast, whereas Mondays are now going to be really specific to cards. Uh, but just something that I thought was interesting is that Cody Garbrandt, has been splitting his time between Alpha uh, Alpha Male, Team Alpha Male in California, and uh, Mark Henry, I believe. Now, when I first heard this, I just kind of thought to myself, this sounds awfully familiar. I mean, awfully familiar. Just not even awfully familiar. This sounds almost like identical to what another Team Alpha Male fighter was doing not too long ago. Uh, and it and it and it garnered him a lot of backlash and hatred um, among people from Team Alpha Male and uh, people outside of Team Alpha Male. I, as I understand it, it wasn't completely toxic at first. Uriah Faber was cool with them splitting his time between uh, between Team Alpha Male. And uh, what's his, what his name? Dwayne Ludwig before, uh, and then uh, I guess I guess TJ made the final move, and uh, that that kind of pissed everybody off, including Cody Garbrandt. Um, Cody Garbrandt is now doing the same thing. He's sort of splitting his time between these two entities, and. I guess the question you kind of have to ask yourself is, was Cody mad that TJ just split his time in the first place, or was he mad that he left for good? I think he, that Cody was probably mad because he left for good. But, from what I've heard, this Mark Henry guy, this Mark Henry guy, like we all haven't heard his name a million times, is the real deal, okay? And Cody is known for his hands. I mean, at least in my personal opinion, we know Cody because of his incredible boxing. That's why we know him, okay? Mark Henry, 
as a striking coach for Cody Garbrandt. I'm sorry. It's just going to be, I mean, in my personal opinion, could be way better for him uh, than than sticking with Uriah Faber. Could be. And, and Team Alpha Male. Could be. Not to say that it is, but it could be. And we could again see a scenario where Cody Garbrandt says, you know what? Splitting it, you know, half here and half there almost doesn't make any sense anymore. I would rather just do everything over there and not everything here at Team Alpha Male. I can see that happening, you know. And there's and and and, and we can talk about whether or not there's something wrong with that. But I just bring it up because I think that this is an interesting problem when it comes to fighters generally. Fighters, I mean, okay, I, from what I have seen, I think that fighters are pretty, pretty prideful people. I think that there's a, there's a, there's something about the fighter who had nothing and then, you know, built their career on fists, you know what I mean? That, uh, that appeals to all of us, but it's also a story that we've heard so many, so many times before. And when fighters do that, it's almost like the people who were there with them at the very beginning, they are so grateful for and to, they feel this loyalty in the sense that it's like, okay, when I had nothing, you were here for me. I mean, this is the same reason that people hate or, or hate Colby Covington so much because of the way he treats everybody at ATT. It's like, these are the people who fed you or closed you or helped you when you had nothing. You know what I mean? And now you're turning your back on them. And I feel like this is the mentality or the attitude that Cody Garbrandt and Team Alpha Male directed at TJ Dillashaw when TJ Dillashaw made the final move. But now it's almost as if Cody Garbrandt could be in the exact same position. And whether or not you like TJ Dillashaw, one thing is true. There are some coaches who are going to help you grow. And there are some coaches, coaches who are going to help you grow a lot more. And your loyalty may get in the way after a certain point if you're just so focused on staying true to these people who have been a part of your life for however long that you sort of neglect yourself and your own abilities and your own career. I mean, it's the difference between winning three championship fights and winning two. Or winning five championship fights and winning three. These are real, like this is real life-changing shit. Like the decision that you make to stay somewhere, not because you believe it's the best thing for you, but because you believe that you you owe something to this place. It's, uh, it's almost like an Achilles heel after a certain point. And I'm wondering, I don't know, if Cody Garbrandt is going to be going through something like this. Um, because the truth is, I just don't see what, what is it that Team Alpha Male could be giving him that Mark Henry and his team cannot give him. And if it is, if it is simply the family, the community, 
if it's that and that's what he values and that's why he wants to stay, then I don't think it would be the wrong decision to stay. But if he's splitting his time between between Team Alpha Male and, and Mark Henry because he believes that while Team Alpha Male is his, is his heart, there's something that Mark Henry has that he cannot get from Team Alpha Male. If he believes not only that, but if he believes that if he trained it with Mark Henry full time, that he would he would he would benefit even more, then it's 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 almost it's kind of sad that he wouldn't go train with Mark Henry simply because of this loyalty that he has. Because it's been my opinion for a while that if I was a coach, all right, if I was a coach and I had a fighter. And I taught the fighter, you know, everything that I that I knew or everything that I could know. And we were still growing and still developing him as a fighter. But the fighter concluded in their heart that they could learn better or more effectively in another environment. I would hold no resentment toward them for making the decision to move. Because the truth of the matter is, I'm not coaching them for me. I'm coaching them for them. I'm coaching them so that they can achieve. So if they say, hey, look, you know what? I love you and I appreciate you and you will always have a special place in my heart. But I need something and you're not capable of giving that thing to me. Then I'd be like, hey, man, get the fuck out of here. Like, you don't need to stay here because of me. Like, what the fuck? I'm literally like you came to me because you wanted to learn some shit from me. If you feel like you've learned everything that you can from me or that you've learned, you know, enough from me that you, you you're good. If you feel like that I am almost at this point redundant or holding you back, then, man, get the fuck on. Get the fuck on. And if you want to come back and you want to visit, come back and visit. If you want to come back after you're done fighting and you want to and you want to uh, be a coach here, then you can do that, too. I don't give a fuck. You leaving is not going to is not going to hit my wallet. I imagine that that Uriah Faber and everybody at Team Alpha Male, they're going to be fine. You know what I mean? It's not like you're you're taking my livelihood away. It's not like you're you're ruining my life. You're just doing something that's good for you. And I think that that attitude is the right attitude to have uh, if you're a, a, a fighter, man, because you got to realize that this is your life. Like you're, you're literally putting your body and your soul online. OK, now, that being said, as a fighter, the only time that I would make the decision to really move to another gym, if I've been at another gym for a very long time is if I really feel like I'm not learning anything or developing as a fighter at the gym I'm currently at, okay? I am a loyal person. And so even though I said all of that just now, I'm almost loyal to the point where it's like, even if I like a way another coach coaches better, I'm not gonna go just because I like the way this coach coaches better. If I'm still learning and I'm still developing and like these people have been with me for like 10 fights, however many fights, and we know each other and I know them and they don't always say what I you know, would like them to say or teach me the way that I would like them to teach me, but they got my best intentions at heart, I can stay with them because I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And that's the point. You know what I mean? The only way that you're really going to move at that point is if you've stagnated or you're not winning your fights by a large margin or um, 
the, the other coach that you've been around is just so much better, so much like more like just superior in every way that you just you just know like you have to leave. You know what I mean? Um, that is my perspective as 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 a fighter. If I was a fighter, you know what I mean. And I think that Cody Garbrandt is is falling sort of into this place where he's gonna have to. I mean, I don't know. It could be that both both because here's the thing. It could be that Team Alpha Male and Mark Henry are equally valuable in their portions. It could be that Team Alpha Male for his weight cutting purposes and his conditioning purposes is exactly what he needs. But that Mark Henry with his striking is is what he needs to sharpen his hands. You know, and it could be that they're both integral parts of what Cody Garbrandt needs to be a champion. You know what I mean? Which even saying that, I feel weird about it because let, let me tell you something. I want so many people in the 135 pound division to be champions. It's fucking crazy. I want Aljamain Sterling to be a, a 135 champion. I want Sean O'Malley, Sean, Sean O'Malley to be a, a, a Bantamweight champion. And I would not mind if, if Cody Garbrandt became a champion again. And the thing is, only one of them can hold it. That's the problem. Only one of them can really hold that belt. And in order for somebody else to hold it, one of them is going to have to lose. And so I'm going to tell you guys right now, every Bantamweight fight for the next, like, three years, I'm going to be cheering and crying all at the same time because I love these guys so much. I love the way they fucking fight. They're all great people. They're all cool guys. And I just, it's just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate that there's not, like, one guy who I can just dislike, who I can just root for the other guy. You know what I mean? It was easy when Israel Adesanya was 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 taking on Robert Whitaker. I, it's not that I don't like Robert Whitaker, but it's like, man, I just love Israel so much more. Of course I want him to be champion. You know what I mean? But it's tough when, when you <laughs> when you like him so much. You're like, Jesus, wait, does one of you really has to lose? Really? Is that really how this works? Fuck, can't we give up participation trophies or something? What the fuck? You know? Anyways, man, I hope that that's not what Cody Garbrandt's going through. I hope that he doesn't feel like he cannot, you know, branch out and diversify. Uh, the truth of the matter is, Cody, um, if you ever feel like you hit a wall, man, you need to fucking bounce. And you need to go where you feel like you can grow. Because this is your life and this is your your family, really, that you're fighting for at the end of the day. I mean, yes, you have your memories. And yes, you have the enjoyment that you get from it yourself. But you got to know that you're going to retire at some point. And when you retire, you got to be set up, man. So if you're, if you're championship caliber, you got to really think to yourself, like, well, how many championships do I want to win? You know, like... I, I, and 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 uh, train in accordance with that, my friend. Seriously, that's that's my advice to you. If you ever see this, um, okay, we got some crazy shit going on. John Jones is out. He's fucking out. They're not paying him enough, so he left. Jorge Masvidal ain't getting paid enough either, so he's out. He said, "Fuck this, I'm leaving." Uh, Conor McGregor just up and fucking retired. Don't know if he's sensitive because we all unanimously declared he is not the GOAT, but he fucking bounced. He left. I don't know what else to fucking tell you. He was like, okay, well, I've decided I'm going to retire now. Which, okay, let's take it one at a time. John Jones wasn't getting paid enough money. Now, in the 
fucking middle of a pandemic, I can see how it might be difficult for the UFC as a company to pay John Jones some more money. Um, Dana White isn't revealing what they offered to pay him or anything like that. And I guess that he wouldn't do that because when it comes to negotiating, you probably don't want to have public opinion strong arm you into doing something you don't want to do. So I'm pretty sure that's probably why Dana White didn't release the contract as John Jones asked him to do over Twitter. That being said, uh, it's kind of impossible for us to know whether John Jones is being an unreasonable asshole or whether Dana White is a money-hungry fuck. It's kind of hard to know. Uh, I saw a breakdown of Dana White's annual earnings. I don't know if it was... I really shouldn't even bring this up because I didn't fucking fact check it. But look, this is the beginning stages of a podcast, everybody. I'll get better at this. Uh, I think he makes something like $80 million a fucking year. So Dana White, if he's not a billionaire by now, uh, I don't know how he wouldn't be. But the point is, the man makes a whole fuck ton of money. And people were basically saying, uh, what the fuck? Uh, you get all of this fucking cash and your fighters get dick all? Um, John Jones wanted more money because he was going to fight Francis Ngannou. And I guess that never panned out. So instead of fighting Dominic Reyes again which everybody thought he should because he was so close to losing that it almost seemed like Dominic won in a lot of people's opinions, John has just decided to fucking retire. And, uh, let me tell you something. Nobody gives a fuck. I'm going to be straight with you. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't know if any of you care that John Jones has retired, but I can tell you factually that I don't give a shit. I really don't care. If John Jones never fights again, I will not lose a wink of sleep over it. I will not cry one tear. Uh, it, it will not bother me at all. And the, and, the, and the truth of the matter is, it's because, does anybody really like John Jones? I mean, like, I, I don't know if, I'm being serious here. For, like, real talk, after everything he has done outside of the cage... Does anybody, like, like ever root for him because they, they genuinely like him as a person? Or do, do people just root for him because they think he's the GOAT, you know? It's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, and they're not the same at all. I'm sure that Tom Brady is a wonderful human being. Uh, but I mean that when I look at Tom Brady, if I ever rooted for Tom Brady to win, it wouldn't be because... Uh, of, you know, how he is off of the field. You know what I mean? Because I don't really see Tom Brady off of the field. I don't know what Tom Brady does. Does anybody fucking know what Tom Brady does when he's not playing football? I honestly think he's a fucking robot. I swear to fuck, when, when the game is over, he walks back into the change room and they put him into a fucking vault and just fucking plug him in and charge him up for the next game. I swear that's what they do. Because the man, I, like, he almost never has emotion on his face. And I don't see him in any, like, TMZ paparazzi photo. Like, he's never outside. I don't know. He's a fucking robot, I, I guarantee. But anyways, my point is that I wouldn't like Tom Brady because of his personal life outside of the outside of the, uh, the game because all I see is his performance in the game. If I'm rooting for Tom Brady, it's really just because Tom Brady's the fucking shit and he's got, like, five Super Bowls under his belt, right? I think at least four. Don't know if he's got five by now. I stopped watching the NFL a long time ago. Anyways, 
Point is, this is the same reason that you would root for John Jones, I believe. I mean, does anybody, is anybody like, oh my god, I want John to win because he's such an upstanding citizen? Nobody, nobody, nobody feels that way. Nobody is rooting for John Jones because of that. I'm telling you, literally not one human being. Um, I haven't even heard, I, like when I ask people who their favorite fighter is, nobody even says John Jones. Nobody even mentions John Jones. John Jones is literally just like a, a, a genetic freak uh, who's relatively creative and pretty successful. That doesn't mean anybody wants to watch him fight. Okay, people like Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya has a fan base. Israel Adesanya is relatable. Okay, Israel Adesanya is a black nerd who watches anime and loves fights. That is almost exactly me. Okay, Israel Adesanya is a great example of a champion that people would want to see fight and want to see win. Alexander Volkanovsky is another example of a really cool guy that people like. Blessed MMA, another example of, 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 of a great champion. It is what it is. You can't help but like the guy. John Jones is not that guy. And so when he says, I'm not fighting, and you guys can call me back when you want to give me money, I don't think he really understands how pay-per-view points or, or, or pay-per-view draws work in the sense that Everybody wants to watch Conor McGregor fight, not just because of his performances, but because of who Conor McGregor is outside of the cage. No one cares about Jon Jones outside of the cage. So he's never going to be able to pull, like, Conor McGregor numbers. I'm sorry, like, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to get paid $100 million to fight Deontay Wilder. I'm sorry, facts. Like, people aren't going to pay to see that. And so... When Dana White says he doesn't want to pay John Jones more, I don't know if it's necessarily because John Jones is, or Dana White is just greedy or the UFC is greedy. I mean, obviously there's a part of that. The fact is capitalism makes it so that self-interest makes you sort of an asshole when it comes to money. But I think that a, a part of it is probably also the fact that um, nobody gives a shit. You know what I mean? Nobody cares. Uh, I really want to see Habib fight. I really want to see Gaethje fight. I, I kind of sort of want to see Usman fight. I mean, I do want to see him fight just because I care about the welterweight division uh, as somebody who at one point was saying that he would fight in the welterweight division. You know what I mean? I, I find that division very interesting as a person, as a fan, to look at it and be like, oh, well, you know what? If I was in this division, like, how would I fare? You know what I mean? I care about that to a degree. I want to see Gilbert Burns fight. You know, I want to see Max Holloway and Alexander, and Alexander uh, Volkanovsky fight. Rose Namajunas, all of these. Whaley, I want to see these people fight. I don't want to see John Jones fight, and and nobody really does. Okay, honestly, uh, if John Jones started to lose, if he had like a five fight losing streak, I feel like people would just be like, ah, yeah, well, that's that. Um. Anyways, uh, enough about John Jones. Masvidal is also demanding more money. Now, I don't know if this is just I. I. You know what? It's not even just him. It's also uh, Henry Cejudo because Henry Cejudo is saying that he would come back and fight for more money. I don't know if UFC fighters have had a conversation off of the record and created sort of like an informal union or what. I don't really know. But what I do know is that it seems that there is a trend. They're realizing that they have a lot of power. I mean a lot of power. I want to see Henry Cejudo fight, okay? That's the truth. 
Henry Cejudo is a fucking badass, and he could be the greatest of all time uh, in the lighter weight divisions if he kept fighting. But the fact that he is saying that this is simply not worth my time or money, I don't even have kids, and I'm killing myself in a cage for what I don't believe is worth it, that means something to me as a fan. That makes me feel kind of shitty about the UFC. That looks really bad on the UFC. Like, if, if a fighter is literally just like, this isn't, you aren't paying me enough, I'm just not doing this anymore. And he's literally at the top of the game. Like, imagine if Tom Brady won his second Super Bowl and was just like, you know what? I don't even want to do this anymore. You guys aren't paying me enough. And left. That would look really bad, right? Um, ever since that, everybody has been taking this play. Masvidal has also taken the play. Masvidal is saying that they're not paying me enough money to fight Usman. Why would I fight this guy for half of what I made last time? Blah, 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 blah. And, um... Look, I really wanted to see this fight. Uh, not because I believe that Masvidal is going to win or that it's even going to be a competitive fight. Truly, I believe that Usman is going to smash Masvidal. That's the truth. I truly believe that Usman is going to eat him. That's what I think. But... Um, it's just they've been talking so much and there's just been so much gabber and shit back and forth that it's like for the fight not to happen, it's almost like just wrong. You know what I mean? It, it's it's kind of it, it's like if Conor McGregor and, and Jose Aldo talked all of this shit to each, to, to each other for months and then just never fought. You know what I mean? It's not the same because they're not superstars on that level. But my point is it's just weird. It's just strange that... They would be talking all this shit, and then all of a sudden, oh, well, they're not going to be enough money, so fuck it. Um, do I think that Masvidal is smart or that he is justified in taking that line? You know what? This is a tough one. Because there's a part of me that's thinking, I, I mean, MMA is a fucking massive sport now. You've got to be able to pay these guys more. But we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And I wonder if the UFC was more transparent about that, that people would understand. And I think that the reason that they aren't more transparent about that is because if the UFC said something like, we are financially struggling right now and that's why we can't pay you more. Their shares would just, like, people would just be like, nee, nee, nee. like, I feel like that would be bad for business. And they can't even tell Masvidal that because Masvidal could just, I mean, unless he signed like an NDA or something like that. Um... But then again, why would Masvidal sign an NDA? That is a huge, huge, huge liability for Masvidal. Um, look, Dana, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I mean, maybe this is um, maybe this is just idealistic. But if Dana White makes $80 million a year, Dana White, okay, then how much money does the UFC as a corporation make? Are you seriously telling me that the UFC can't afford, like, okay, so let me, they go into lockdown for three months and they can't afford to pay John Jones and they can't afford to play Masvidal and they can't afford to pay Henry Cejudo? Guys, I, I don't know. That sounds, that sounds like a bit of bullshit. It sounds like some bullshit. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like some 
some bullshit. I, I really think that, um, look, man, these people are making you an insane amount of money. Uh, they're putting their lives on the line. And this is single, this is single-handedly the most exciting and popular sport in the world. Not only that, you are now streaming live events again. So you've got those, you've got the revenue from TSN or ESPN or wherever the fuck you're streaming this shit. You still have all the Fight Pass subscriptions. You can afford to fucking pay these guys. Uh, and so I, uh, I think that, um, to offer Masvidal, if this is true, I mean, I read this in passing once again. I, I need to do my research better, guys. I'm sorry. Masvidal said something like, why would I fight somebody for half of what I, I fought for last time? I agree. I agree. I think that... Uh, I think that you, you, you should get... I mean, if you're fighting for the title, you should get paid a bit more. Uh, if you're if you're coming off a bunch of wins and you've been performing and people want to see you fight, you should get paid a bit more. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys something, and I, I I I don't know if everybody will agree with me, but this is my personal opinion when it comes to Masvidal. Guys, I don't really think he's that good. I'm gonna be straight with you. I don't really think he's that good. You know what I think? I think Masvidal knocked out Darren Till at 170, and that was legitimate. Okay. I think that Masvidal knocked out Ben Askren, and that was also legitimate. But if he had missed that knee, if he had missed that knee, there's no guarantee he would have won that fight. And I think that Masvidal took care of Nate Diaz. But Nate Diaz doesn't have the greatest record. I think that Masvidal would have a much harder time fighting Kamaru Usman. A much harder time. Um, I think that Masvidal is riding the greatest hype train that we've ever seen. Not to say that he's not a good fighter, because Masvidal's been here. He's been around. But I don't think he's title good. I don't think he's, he's championship belt good. And honestly, I was very skeptical as to whether or not this fight would happen, because I feel like Masvidal's got to know. He's got to know that Kamaru is, is a different animal. Like, okay, yeah, you beat Nate Diaz. Uh, you knocked out Darren Till. That was great. That was badass. But Kamaru Usman is some other shit completely. He, he is some other shit completely, okay? Tyron Woodley was a college wrestler, okay? And, and Kamaru Usman made him look like a bitch inside of a cage. Sorry. That's not what I mean to say, Tyron. I'm not trying to shit on you. What I'm trying to say is he dominated Tyron Woodley. Okay? The only person that gave Kamara Usman a real, real fight in the UFC was a man named Colby Covington. And that fight did not even include 
any wrestling of any kind. All right. Now, are you as good a wrestler as Colby Covington? I doubt it. Are you as good a wrestler as Kamaru Usman? I doubt it. You'll get eight. You'll get eight. Kamaru Usman's been working on his striking, and I do not think you are title, title, title good. I don't think you're good enough to take the title. And I actually think that it is almost a blessing in disguise that you didn't end up fighting him. Because once you lose to Kamaru, it's over, man. Like, it's done. Like, it's done. Like, like you're, I mean, are do you think you're going to, I mean, real talk. Like, if we're talking about the, the welterweight division, like, who else in that division are you going to be beating again to get back to the title? I mean, maybe Leon Edwards. But I don't think that you're, I, I really don't know if you're going to, I don't know, man. There's a level of, there's a level of uncertainty I've always had with Masvidal because of this. Because he put Darren Till to sleep, for real. That was real. He put him to sleep. But, uh, that knockout of Ben Askren, while it was timed and he thought about it and everything like that, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we've seen him tested, like properly tested since then. And maybe that's a testament to how good he is. Maybe that's a testament to how good he is. Maybe he's so good that that's why we haven't really seen him tested since then or not, you know? But uh, I don't know. I'm not saying that Masvidal is not good. He's good. I just don't think that he is welterweight championship good. Uh, so he's asking for more money as well. Um, next person, Conor McGregor is retiring. Now, This could be a publicity stunt. This could be some bullshit. This could actually just not be happening. Okay. Which would make sense because Conor McGregor is actually a fucking genius when it comes to marketing himself and creating hype. Okay. It could be that Conor McGregor's play here is to retire, continue to train, wait for Justin and, and Habib to fight, and then... Come out of retirement. Come out of retirement. And say, I lay claim to the title shot in the 155-pound division. And the truth is, he'd be coming back after winning a welterweight fight. So, and everyone would want to see him fight. So let me ask you, is Dana going to deny him that shot? I don't know. I think that if we're being fair, he needs to fight somebody else at 155 first. Which is why I'm kind of surprised, or not surprised, I'm kind of almost disappointed that he would retire. Because it seems to me like he left for over a year, came back, 
beat a veteran in the octagon who had been knocked out, what was it, twice? Twice before that fight? He was knocked out by Gaethje. Was he, he was knocked out, I don't know what, or maybe that Connor was the second knockout. He was stopped by Ferguson. He was then knocked out by Gaethje. And then he was then TKO'd by Connor. But before that, my point is that, you know, recently he had been like basically knocked out by Justin Gaethje. Okay. The sensible thing for Connor to do, if this is his plan, I mean, I guess the sensible thing to do is to retire and then come back and try to steal a title shot. But what he risks, in my opinion, is when he comes back, everybody just being like, fuck you. Because the truth is, like, I don't know, I just feel like Connor, I feel like he thinks he can get away with stuff like this. So he's he would do that. Mind you, this is in the scenario where he's not really retiring. This is in the scenario where Conor McGregor is saying he is retiring to get everybody riled up, okay? I believe that his plan at that point would be to come back once the title fight has happened. A week later, announce that he will take on blah, 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 fucking blah, okay? But I feel like the UFC fans, uh, the MMA community, I mean, at least this is how I feel. If he said that shit, I'd be like, fuck you. You need to come back. You need to fight somebody in the 155-pound division, and you need to win. <laughs> you need to win. And then... Then you can fight whoever uh, has the title. Unless somebody wants to say something like, it's similar to Max Holloway fighting Alexander Volkanovsky again. I would say that this is a little bit different in that Connor has literally been gone. I mean, absent Donald Cerrone for like three years. Like, like no one has even been able to like touch this guy or like get a piece of this guy for years. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of fucked up that he just... Oh, I'll just leave for three years and then come back and challenge somebody for the title. You know? I just... I, I mean, he's got enough money that he can afford to do that, right? But I, I mean... So then, I mean, if you think about it like that, like, maybe he's just re-challenging for the title. But here's the truth. that It's not like that. Because the reason that Max Holloway has a right uh, to uh, the... The fight with Alexander Volkanovsky is because Max Holloway lost the title to Alexander Volkanovsky. Conor McGregor was not the lightweight champion at the time that he fought Habib. So this would be the equivalent to... Ioana uh, leaving... For, 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 for two years, and then coming back and demanding to fight Wei Li again. It's like, what, so you get two title shots in a row? How the fuck does that work? No, man, you gotta, you gotta take your, you gotta stake your claim in the division before you get another title shot. So I hope that that is not what, that, what Connor is going for. Because honestly, I'm sort of disappointed with him. I'm sort of disappointed with him that he would do this. That he would, that he would just be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna retire now. What have you been working on? For the for the for, for for the past couple years, coming back and kicking the fuck out of Donald Cerrone, that's it. You you kept us all in suspense and worked all and worked that hard 
just to fuck up one guy and then be like, okay, well, I'm done. I don't know, man. That's, uh... It just feels weak. That's the best way to describe it. It just feels weak. Especially... And you know why it feels really, really weak? Because, like, two weeks before this, he's talking about how he is the GOAT and how he's still an active fighter. Oh, I'm definitely the GOAT. And, and you know, before me is Anderson Silva. And I'm still active, though. So I could be the GOAT by the time my career is over. And you guys aren't the GOAT for these reasons. Connor, honestly, bro, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I'm the GOAT. I'm still active. No, you're not. You just fucking retired. But if he comes back, man, like, I'm going to tell you something right now. Honestly, bro, like, I was excited for him to return because I want to see him fight Habib again, right? That's what we all want to see. But at this point, I'm, like, over him. I'm over the Connor fever. I don't know about you guys. But, like, I love, and listen, I love Connor. Everybody loves Connor. Nobody can't not like the guy. But I'm so fucking over it. I'm so over it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Gaethje now. I'm rooting for Gaethje, bro. If Gaethje and Connor are fighting, I'll tell you right now, I'm rooting for Gaethje. Alright? Connor, uh, yo, Connor's kind of an asshole, man. I'm sorry. Like, he's funny as fuck. He's so funny. It's great to hear him talk. It's great to listen to him. But he's really an asshole, man. Like, he's kind of an asshole when you when you hear him when you hear him talk. Not as much now, because, you know, he's he's putting on a different persona. But, uh, so, so maybe he's not an asshole now. And like I said, Connor, look, I like you and everything like that, but you gotta, I mean, you even will admit that, that a lot of the way that you treated people in the past, it's kind of assholeish. All right. Try not to disrespect fighters when I talk on this podcast. It's not, it's not right. I don't want to just put people down, put negativity into the world, you know, but I gotta, I gotta be real and fucking say what I feel about the things. Anyways, man. If he really is retiring, then honestly, I almost feel like, I almost feel like, man, you shouldn't have, like, why'd you even fucking come back and fight Cowboy? <laughs> At this point, like, why'd you even do that for? Did you do it to help Cowboy out? You just trying to give him a, a money payday? Is that what that was about? If so, that's cool, man. But it feels like disappointing, just like a waste of time. In any case, it don't matter, cause the uh, like, man, the bantamweight division is on fire, baby. We got so many good fights in that division, and we already got a killer lightweight title fight coming up in September. So it don't even matter, baby. It don't even matter. All right. Just a couple other things. A couple other things that I want to talk about. So Neil Magny. Uh, at 250, UFC 250, was saying that the fight was too close and that he was unsatisfied with the with the with the performance. And I absolutely fucking love it when fighters say shit like this. I love it. I love it. It is like one of my favorite things to hear a fighter say. I swear to fuck, it is like my favorite thing to hear them say because to me, what it means is. They are still hungry. They are still trying to ascend. And that's exciting because it means no matter how good the performance was that you just saw, they're going to get better. Or at least they're working to get better. And it's also so, you just like them so much when you hear that because it's so humble. 
You're like, oh my god, this guy is so fucking cool. You know, he just performed fantastically. Just he performed great, and he's like, no, it's not good enough. It was too close. I'm like, oh my god, like this guy is really on a whole other level. Like, what do you want to do? You know what I'm saying? Run in there and fucking touch somebody's shoulder and shut their whole shit down? Like, what the fuck? Dave Chappelle style? Pretty sure Dave Chappelle made that joke. Makes me feel good when I hear fighters say that, man. And that's the way to be. The truth of the matter is, if anything you do, that has got to be your attitude. Your attitude has always got to be, it should have been better. It should have been good enough. That was too close. It's, that is the attitude you have to have, right? Man, even me with this, even me with this, um, even me with this podcast, man, I'm sitting here and I'm talking and I'm saying to myself, I should, you know, have my facts checked better, which is true. It's not bullshit. That's true. I fucking believe that. But the fact that I'm thinking that it means the podcast will get better, man. And so for you listening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you do, don't give a fuck. Man, Theo Vaughn said it on his fucking podcast yesterday. You could be fucking anybody. You could be anything. I don't care who you are. Whatever you do. Ken's eye, bitch. Ken's eye. That's my little sprinkle. I got that from my Vietnam. I got that from my Vietnamese teacher when I worked for him. Ken's eye. Incremental improvement. Incremental improvement. It doesn't matter. He's not. That's not even. A, that's not even a. Uh, a Vietnamese teaching it's Japanese at least he told me that I don't know if that's true I should probably fact check it <laughs> but the point is he said he said Ken's eye just make something a little bit better every time and it will just eventually all of that shit will just add up it'll just add up and you'll just be fucking sweet you'll just be awesome and whatever you do I described it to somebody once I said it's like it's like taking paper it's like you're trying to make a stack of paper and you can only stack the paper one sheet at a time. So it'll take a really long fucking time. But that's okay. Because you've got unlimited paper. So if you just keep stacking paper every day, eventually your stack will go from this thick to this thick. And for those of you who are listening who cannot fucking hear this, it'll go from 2 inches to 6 inches to 12 inches, a foot, whatever you want to call it, and it will be a big-ass stack of paper. And somebody's going to walk by, and they're going to say, you know what, motherfucker? I like the way you stack paper. What's your name? <laughs> and then you'll fucking, I don't know, you'll make a friend or, or, or get married or get a promotion or fucking learn Swahili. I don't fucking know. Anything. <laughs> Anything, man. Uh, so yeah, Neil Magny, man, he's got the right attitude. Last thing I want to talk about today, guys, we're going to talk about Chase Hooper. This is fucked up. Okay. Chase Hooper was the main event of the prelims. I feel like almost every time I've seen Chase Hooper fight, I have seen him eat a lot of punches. Just eat like a stupid amount of punches. He's very young. He's a very awkward striker. He's got phenomenal jujitsu. This is what we all know him for. Kid's 20 years old. I'm 23. Like, I'm fucking young and he's 20. What the fuck? I can't even imagine being in the UFC at 20 years old. I mean, that is just so much goddamn power at such a young age. Having all of those followers and all of that, 
all of that notoriety at 20, 20, insane, insane. I mean, I'm sure he's loving it. You know, I'm sure he's fucking, man. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's, he's if he's, uh, got a fucking Twitch stream like Sean O'Malley or what, or if he's calling girls over to his house, but I guarantee you that kid is living the fucking life right now. Anyways, man, kid is 20 years old and he's in the UFC. Um, but he is not ready. It is my personal opinion that he is not ready. Um, even in his contender seri uh, series win, he was being beat up bad in the beginning, guys. I'm talking like I really looked at the kid and I was like, man, you don't even belong in there. You're not ready. Your hands aren't right. Your jab's not right. Your coordination isn't fucking there. You aren't even using kicks. You're so long and lanky. Why the fuck aren't you using kicks? Who is your striking coach? Who let you in this cage? And it's still the same in the UFC. He's fighting, oh my god, I can't even remember his name now. Bruce Leroy. He's fighting Leroy, right? And he's getting tagged the whole time, basically. I mean, the first round, you know, most definitely, he's getting popped the fuck up. He got dropped. He got hit and he fell, you know, forward and he's on his knees and he gets back up and he's a tough fucking kid. I mean, he gets up and he goes back and he fights. But toughness, you do not want to... Listen, every fighter needs toughness. In my opinion, if you're a fighter and you don't have toughness, eventually you're going to lose and you're going to lose bad. Okay? If Whaley wasn't tough, do you think she would have won against Joanna? If Joanna wasn't tough, do you think that fight would have gone five rounds? Hell no. You need toughness. But you can't... But you, but you don't need toughness for the beginning of your career. Toughness is something that you're going to need to use much later. Or something that you want to use much later. Because if you're a fighter and it is your job to get hit and hit someone else in the head. And the chin has a lifespan. And the more it is hit, the shorter that lifespan is. You're wasting your toughness. You got a limited amount of that shit, is what I'm trying to say. If you got a toughness meter, I mean, man, play UFC 3. It's 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 like that game. It's, uh, what is it, longevity. It's like longevity in that game. If you got 100 points to work with, you don't want to use any of those points until it is absolutely necessary. You don't want to use any of those points until your first title fight or your second title fight. Or maybe your, your, your fourth or fifth fight in the UFC. You don't want to use those points on the fucking contender series. On the, on, on the prelim undercard. You don't want to do that. Because by the time, man, by the time he gets good enough with his striking. That he can fight at a competitive level. He's going to have a glass jaw. It's going to be really bad. And so, man, I, look, I don't know. Look, if, if I was Chase Hooper, I'm going to be straight with you. If I was Chase Hooper, I would take a serious hiatus. I'm talking like we shouldn't see him again for at least a year. At least. And in that time, he needs to become a good striker. Becoming a great striker will take a long time. But he needs to become good enough at striking 
that he at the very least does not look awkward and vulnerable fighting somebody who, frankly, has a pretty bad record. All the same, though, he was a veteran. I mean, the guy has been in, I think it was over 20 UFC fights. My point is this, though. Sometimes you're going to get thrown in there with people who have had over 20 UFC fights. And you got to know what the fuck you're doing or else you are going to get knocked the fuck out. And if you don't get knocked the fuck out, you are going to lose some of the durability that you had beforehand. At 20 years old, that is really bad. It'd be different if you got into the UFC late and you were 28 and you didn't have a choice because your prime was coming up. That'd be different. You're 20? Man, slow the fuck down. Like, just fucking chill. You don't need... We get it. You're in the UFC. You don't need to be a fucking superstar yet. Slow down. Figure out what works for you in the striking department. And when I say what works for you, I mean figure out what you can do to not have your ass whooped. Then figure out what you can do to whoop ass. Then take a fight in the UFC. But, um, no, seriously, man, he needs to stop taking these fights. He needs to stop taking these fights because it's not going to end well. Like, he lost this fight by decision, but I'm going to tell you, man, if you are not careful, Chase, you're going to get knocked out, and it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good, man. I'm telling you, you need to slow down. You need to slow down, brother. Um, and and I, I say this with the best intentions possible. I, w I want good things for you, okay? I was going to say I want the best for you, but you don't even know me, so that's weird. But yeah, man, you, you seriously need to take in that you're 20. I'm pretty sure that John Jones was a champion at 23, and he's still fighting. So take in how long John Jones has been around. You got all that time at least. You know what I mean? Just fucking chill. I don't want to see you chewed up and spit out early. That is the last thing I want. You got potential. You're a tough motherfucker. Nobody is disputing this. But you need to be smart. And at 20, I get that it's exciting and it's hard to say no or whatever. Or maybe you need it. Maybe you need the money. But man, I, if I was you, I would just try to find another way to make money for right now. And uh, work on your striking, kid. Because you got, you got it. I mean, you got the body for it. You figure out how to throw your punches right with authority. You figure out where to place your feet. You figure out how to use your legs, man. You're going to be a fucking problem. Seriously. But you need to you need to be able to say no. If Dana calls you and says, hey, you want to fight? You need to be serious about it. You got to be like, okay, well, who do you want me to fight? You know what I mean? I'm not fighting another veteran like right away. I'm trying to work. Or just tell Dana straight up. Get your team. Meet up with Dana and tell him like, hey, man, I'm going to take a bit of time off. I got I to gotta refine my shit. I'll come back better than ever, okay? That's what I suggest. That's what I suggest. Anyways, man, I mean, there was, there was one other thing I wanted to say, but I think I kind of already said it. Look, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, if you enjoy the video, uh, 
hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, whatever you got to do to see it more often. We do videos on Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturdays on uh, or four main cards. We do another video on Friday, which is prediction. We do predictions on Fridays. If you want to follow me on my social media, my Twitter and my Instagram and my TikTok, which I don't really use my TikTok, but it's all the combat addict, no spaces. Um, I uh, am in the works of getting getting my Twitch up and running. And when that is up and running, I will let you guys know what that is about as well. But if you want to follow me on social media, that's a good move because I always let you know when a new video is out. And sometimes I tweet things at celebrities and sometimes I put memes up. Uh, and if you like those kinds of things, then you want to follow me there as well, okay? If you want to listen to my podcast, if you don't want to see my ugly face and you just want to hear my beautiful, supple, sultry voice, then you can go on Spotify. Uh, you can go on Apple Podcasts. You can look up My Mouth Does the Topic, My Mouth Does the Talking, or The Combat Addict, and my podcasts will be there. They're also on Google Play. I just remembered that I got that done couple days ago. In any case, I let my mouth do the talking on this one, folks, and I hope you have a wonderful evening.